0: welcome back to the jesse golden podcast i recorded the last podcast episode with video to see how that goes to see if that's something that you guys are jibing with so that we can get a little bit more interaction you guys can see my face on instagram so let me know if that's something that you guys are into if you give a shit if you're like no i don't need to see your face um when you're talking into a microphone on a podcast (laughs) that's totally valid let me know if you like to see that and it wouldn't be the the full episode, but just a little visual of it over on my Instagram feed. Let me know if that's something that you resonate with or if you are totally fine with just the full audio here. It is, of course, easier for me to just jump on and not have things fully prepared aesthetically for me to record when that isn't the case. So I'll probably be doing a mix of both, but would love to hear your feedback either way. I just got back for a little life update from Albuquerque when I am recording this, New Mexico. That is where I am from. I took Coda down there and it was the first time that she met anyone in my family, which is really fun. And she met our family dog, Packer, who I'm obsessed with. We have like a soul level bond. So I was really nervous for her to meet Coda, and she didn't love her. She was not too stoked on sharing me with her. She was very possessive of me, and, you know, Coda is so innocent. Coda does not have a competitive bone in her body. It's really funny. She could give a shit less if anyone is near me. She's not possessive over me. She does get a little anxious when I leave. Certain places it's not if I leave and she doesn't see me leave, she's fine. But if she sees me walk away from her, she'll kinda just stand by the gate and wait for me to get back. But she had no beef with Packer being all over me, but Packer was not into it and was fully boxing her out, growled at her a couple times, which is just normal behavior. That's how dogs learn. And Coda's puppy energy, let's just say, was not totally jiving with Packer. <laughs> she's Almost seven, which makes her kind of a grandma at this point. She makes me so sad. I can't even think about it. But all in all, great visit. Coda was on cloud nine running around outside. We went on off leash hikes, which is allowed where my parents live. And it was so fun seeing her just out in the wilderness. So it makes me pretty motivated to consider getting her a yard in some capacity. We'll see TBD on that. But Let's get back into today's episode. We're talking all about is just listening to your body enough? And let me tell you, just listening to your body isn't enough. If you've seen my free masterclass, which I will link below, you will know that I made this mistake. I thought, oh, just listen to your hunger fullness cues and then all is gravy. That's all I have to do. And I was up for a rude awakening when that happened to me. I really thought that I had solved the riddle when I was just eating according to my hunger and fullness cues. And while that's very important to be in tune with that, for the vast, vast majority of women, there's a lot more to it. I completely neglected my internal game. How I related to food was left off the table. How I was relating to life, how I was relating to my body, I had not peeled back any of that. So... That meant that when I moved back to Denver and this first stint into, oh, I'm just going to listen to my hunger and fullness cues, was when I was 22 and I graduated college and moved back home with my parents for the summer while I was studying for the CPA exam before I started my career. So had a nice, safe environment, I was feeling really good, I was not binge drinking anymore at that point for that summer. Trust me, it started up again when I went back to Denver. And when I went back to Denver, because I didn't have a solid foundation internally, all my shit with food came right back in my body. And it's common for women, believe it or not, to see weight loss with intuitive eating, especially if they were struggling with any type of chronic overeating tendencies. Now, I don't work with women who struggle with binge eating, that's an eating disorder, it's beyond my scope. A lot of women say binging. And what they mean is just overeating, which we all do. But if you struggle with chronic overeating like I did, then it's common to lose weight when you start eating according to your fullness cues because you're no longer overeating. It's just simple math there. But what happens when you don't do the internal work like I didn't, then food and body issues are just dormant then. And I see this a lot where women... So I always stopped obsessing about food and just started listening to my body. And then I got lean and now everything's great. But the minute their body changes, because life happens, anything can happen, then issues with food come back. And they feel like, I thought I had this under control. And the reason is because they didn't do the deeper work. So if you want to hear my full story on this, I go into um, deeper detail then definitely check out that that masterclass below. But other ways of listening to your body aside from just hunger and fullness cues, which again, very important, but other forms of biofeedback. We have your digestion. We have your menstrual cycle, energy levels, mood, cravings, appetite, exercise, performance, or tolerance, sleep. All of these things are ways of your body communicating to you, sending you a signal, giving you messages. And they're asking, learning to interpret what they're asking for. It's a bit of an art and a science, and it takes a lot of experimentation. I share as often as possible on my stories about my own personal discoverings. Is that a word? Anyway, with my own biofeedback. Discoveries. Wow. Wow. Discoveries. So with me, for example, when it comes to digestion, the first thing people typically think of is, oh, I need to remove certain foods. For me, it comes down to stress. Our digestion is so closely regulated by our nervous system. And when our nervous system is out of whack, very common to have a lot of bloating, as an example. Could be a number of different things, the way that manifests. I'll be so curious to see what the science says in years, probably decades of IBS and how that pertains to the nervous system. Because I think there is a lot to be connected to and discovered there. And I may just not be aware of the science as it currently stands and maybe it reflects that, but that is my prediction. So that's just an example of you have to get clear and start really tuning in to what your body's telling you. And if you're used to having just rules established, do this, don't do that, black and white, so you feel safe, so you can turn your brain off, then this concept of experimenting and not really being sure what your body is telling you and having to lean in and experiment, trial and error, get feedback, then try again might sound really frustrating and might sound really stupid and like something you don't want to do. I promise you it's so worth it. And once you release the expectation that everything needs to be fixed and resolved right this second, that's when you truly get to settle into this process and it becomes fun. You get excited about what you learn about yourself and you feel powerful. That is the way to feeling powerful because you're no longer relying on everything outside of yourself. Okay, so we do need you to listen to your body and we need more. So what else do we need? We need mindset. I'm sure you saw this coming. Your self-worth. Is your self-worth closely tied to your body? In this day and age for women, I would argue for almost every woman, there's going to be some semblance of our sense of self tied to our appearance. If you want to remove it completely, that is a journey that you can absolutely embark on. I would endeavor to make it a very small piece of the overall pie relative to everything else, like the type of person you are in your relationships the values and the qualities that you embody as you live your life. Those are things you can control and those probably align with your actual values. But if your only sense of safety and sense of self-esteem, self-worth comes from your body, then there's going to be a shit ton of weight that you are placing on food. It's only natural that your relationship with food is going to get squirrely, especially if your body changes. You might also place a large sense of your self-worth on how closely you can follow food rules. I see this more with the population of women who tend towards rigidity rather than chaos, rather than the restrict and then overeat. They tend to be very, very meticulous consistently with their food intake, very, very disciplined, and it becomes a sense of self-worth, almost like an elevation above other people. See what I can do and you can't do. That ties in closely with identity. Perhaps your identity is that you are the lean one. You're the fit one. You're the fitness one. Maybe you're the hard worker in the gym. Big one for a lot of CrossFitters, myself included back in the day. Maybe you're the one who burns the candle at both ends and doesn't ever ask for help. Maybe you're the one who's always drinking to excess. You're the party girl. Is your identity fused with a certain diet or eating protocol? Maybe you've told everyone and their mom about keto. So you feel like you have to keep eating keto because of that. maybe it's vegetarian or vegan. This is one of a million reasons I would strongly advise against labeling the way you eat in any, any particular way. Then we have love, safety, and belonging. So basic human needs. And it's very common for women these days, even young girls, to believe that their only entry point, their only access to love, safety, and belonging in the world is through a certain body and or through restriction of food. So we really need to rewire this belief system. Your beliefs about the way the world works and your place in it need to be shifted. So you need to start to integrate new ways of accessing love, safety, and belonging and challenging the fuck out of those beliefs. You need to start showing up differently and acting differently and your brain will start to catch on. You need to challenge yourself. This is why when women gain weight and why I showed myself 25, 30 pounds heavier than I am now on Instagram with my body exposed. Because you need to show yourself that, hey, I am going to have the exact same life. I'm still able to access love, safety, and belonging, even though I don't have a Fitspo body. And of course, there are going to be some variations there because everybody's body is different. And I will not deny that I am treated differently as compared to somebody who has obesity. I will not for a second deny that. So in that sense, if someone is being harmed or abused, whether most likely verbally because of that, then I don't wanna just gloss over that. That's something to be taken seriously. But when it comes to your close interpersonal relationships, I would challenge you and really ask yourself if that is true, if you do not have access to love, safety, and belonging because of your body. Chances are that is a story that you are telling yourself. Then we want to consider your emotional health. So avoidance of discomfort. We are a society, the, the author of the book, The Wisdom of Anxiety, Cheryl Paul, she talks about this a lot, which I completely agree with, is that in most Western cultures, certainly in America, we are very immature when it comes to emotions. We avoid discomfort, we seek pleasure at all times. We don't talk about how normal it is to not feel okay. that happiness is not the greatest virtue to reach for. In fact, that can lead us down a dark path. Paradoxically, the more we pursue happiness usually the less happy we feel, just like with confidence. So if we continue to avoid discomfort, then we'll reach for food to numb or we'll use restriction to numb. Mindfulness. Can you be with what is without trying to change it? This is a practice. It's another reason I love meditation so, so much. It trained me to sit with what is. It trained me to sit with thoughts in my head that made me uncomfortable. And eventually I got to a place where I could just see them and not react to them. It trained me to be with physical discomfort and allow it to be there without reacting. This gave me that mindfulness gap where I could respond rather than react. Now, an important caveat here is for those with real trauma, I strongly recommend working with a trauma-informed therapist to regulate your nervous system and connect with your body. That's something I'm not qualified to do. I'm very explicit about this inside of FFE. If you have been a victim of sexual abuse or physical abuse in your nervous system, you're having PTSD, anything like that, that is not something that you want to mess around with and work with people who are not qualified to actually help you with that. And that will impact for sure, or I should say, That will likely impact the way that you're interacting with food because it's going to change the way that you feel in your body. So I would absolutely recommend working with a qualified professional with that. Then we need to work on food myths. There's a lot of unlearning required after so many years, decades of diets. By the end of my time with fad diets, I truly made a post about this recently. I did not know my head from my ass. Everything was upside down. I didn't know. According to every single diet, if, you, if I compiled all the rules, no matter what I ate, I was either going to die, become gravely ill, or get fat. So no wonder everybody's confused. It's incredibly stressful. And 99% of it is bullshit. So there's a lot of unlearning required so we can distill down to some key principles. Calories are king. It's not about weight loss, but just knowing that, that, oh, carbs don't just make you fat inherently or lead to ill health in a nutshell. Liberating, learning the truth, learning science can be incredibly healing and liberating. Doesn't mean you need to count calories and certainly would not recommend it while you're working on your relationship with food. That's just an example of myth busting. I thought I believed in the insulin obesity hypothesis. It was an Atkins baby. Though so I thought the carbs were the devil. Turns out they're not. Carbs serve a purpose. Protein and fat are essential for our bodies. And there are a million and one ways to eat in a balanced, healthy way. I recommend many times over, go use social media to your advantage. Go follow women who eat in so many different ways, move their body in so many different ways and are healthy and balanced. There isn't just one way. And removing that idea that there's just one little piece of information that you're missing and you just need to try harder one more time is going to drive you insane and will keep you stuck for another decade. There are a million ways that you can do it. Learn to dance in the gray. Okay, so we have food myths that you need to bust. Then personal values. You need to consider what your values are. Do you even know them? When I was in the thick of my issues with food, i if you had asked me what my personal values are, I would have looked at you like you had two heads, probably cross-eyed. Zero clue what my values were. Because I didn't know myself at all. I was just bumbling along in life, following what I was told to do. And this absolutely played a part in how I was interacting with food. I listened to what society deemed as important and chased that, even though it was not in alignment with me. So are you living in alignment with your values once you do know them? That will bring about so much calm and peace in yourself. Examples of this could be career, your relationships. Are you with people who are talking negatively about you, about themselves, about their bodies? Are they engaging in ha- habits that are not good for you and your well-being? Are you engaging in hobbies that are true to you, not just what other people think is cool. Maybe you're not a Fitspo girly, like you thought you were. Or maybe you are, and you've been denying that. Are you in the right environment for you? Maybe you need to move to a different city. Or go to a new gym. Or work at a different coffee shop. Small things. Are the sacrifices that you're trying to make with food, do those align with your values? Drinking alcohol, that's a big one. For so long I wanted to stop drinking as much as I was, drinking to excess. I could feel it in my gut. It was just not in alignment with who I was, but I continued anyway because I didn't want to be the outcast. And I really, really wish I had stopped doing that sooner, but tis what it is. Now I drink moderately, around one to two drinks a week, I would say on average. Processed foods. This is something I had to go with too, because everyone, there are some people who wear not eating processed foods like a badge of honor almost as a, I'm better than you. Some people just don't want to eat them. Some people want to eat them. I enjoy them in moderation. My body does fine with them. So that's something that I actually enjoy as part of my life. But I didn't know that because I thought that I had, in order to be pure and healthy, I could never touch a processed food that doesn't align with who I am, at least not right now. And along with this, then we need to consider alignment and fulfillment. So is your life full? Do you feel invigorated by life? That doesn't mean you feel hunky-dory all the time. But in general, are you following principles that align with who you are? Are you living a life that feels like yours? When I was in my first corporate job out of college, it was for a public accounting firm doing audit. And the minute I stepped in that office, I remember it clear as day. It was a hit in my stomach that this is not for me. And I'd followed everything by the textbook, although I had chosen a bazillion different majors in college because nothing felt good to me, but I settled on accounting because I was good at it and business was a safe bet. Served me decently well at this point, but being in that type of corporate environment just felt so out of alignment for me. And I know that if I'd stayed there and pretended that that was who I was, it would have been a disaster for my mental health, really bad. And I probably would have used food or restriction or obsessing about my body to dull that feeling inside of me, to pretend that I didn't feel that way. So what feels empty that food or your body is filling? Food or the pursuit of a certain body. We can really kid ourselves into thinking that, oh, if I just have this body, then I'll feel better about my career or my relationships or where I'm living or X, Y, Z. And I promise it's A futile attempt and it is very fleeting. Eventually, it will bubble over. And if this tends to scare people, it simultaneously is one of the most popular modules inside of FFE, but also can scare women because they think that their entire life is going to blow up as a result. And that's not true. It can be the smallest micro steps towards something that feels more like yours reading a book that feels more like yours, painting your nails in a way that feels more like you. Signing up for a class that feels more like you. It's the small, subtle shifts. You don't have to overhaul your entire life at at one time, if you even desire to do that at all. And a really important part is what I call the trifecta. So this is connection, trust, and self-worth or self-respect. When these are off kilter, it's going to show in your relationship with food. So connection. Are you even connected to your body, your emotional self, your mental health, your mental self? Connection to your body is so important. Are you even present enough to know what you need, to know what's happening with you? Then we need to trust, trust your body, which is trusting nature, the brilliance of nature, trusting food, the food is on your side, not something evil, and trusting yourself. Learning to trust yourself in all food situations. Can you walk into a party without having any clue what, what types of foods are going to be there and rocket? Can you walk into a restaurant having maybe it's the complete opposite of the way you typically eat and you handle it? No problem. That's what we want. And then we want self-respect and self-worth. So self-respect tends to be more of a byproduct of self self-respect is more in terms of how you're behaving how you're treating yourself do you feel worthy of being taken care of and are you treating yourself with respect do you feel worthy of living a full life of course everyone can be quote-unquote worthy I'm talking about how do you perceive yourself do you feel worthy of feeling mentally and physically well and how are you actually demonstrating these things and if you're like I actually don't feel like I am. Start acting as if. And you'll start to change the inertia and get it going in a different direction. Rather than a downward spiral, we will be going on an upward spiral. So this might seem overwhelming, but it's really important. And I wanted to share this because I spun my wheels and really wasted a lot of time by thinking it was just about hunger and fullness cues. And I see so many women doing this. This is why most women circle the drain for decades with food, because it's so very rarely about the food. It's about so much more. And the beauty is, is your relationship with food and everything you're trying to control so much naturally shifts as a byproduct of doing this work. And then you actually feel better in a really meaningful way because you've done this other work that is not popular to talk about, but I'm not gonna blow smoke up your ass, you know, it's just not my thing. So If you would like to dig deeper into this, you can check out my free masterclass, The Four Steps to Stop Obsessing About Food, plus the top three mistakes that you're likely making, most women are, I certainly did, that is linked in the show notes below. And if you found this helpful, it would mean the world to me if you left a quick five-star rating and review. It is what helps the show grow so I can continue to have more and more people on the show and for me to continue coming back on here. I love you guys so much and I will see you in the next episode.